Welcome to Marrow Masters, sponsored by the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, Insight Corporation, and the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. The National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, established in 1992, strives to help patients, caregivers, and families cope with the psychosocial challenges of bone marrow and stem cell transplant from diagnosis through survivorship. Here's the Executive Director of the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, Peggy Burkhardt. Welcome, everyone. This series focuses on all things caregiving. We will hear from the experts and the experienced, and trust me, their know-how will offer caregivers and families at every stage of the journey best practices, tips, and most importantly, an abundance of hope. Caregivers will feel their support and compassion. Today, we have Barb Hara of Michigan. Barb's older sister, Jackie, at age 67, was diagnosed with pH-positive B-cell ALL. Barb jumped in to care for her sister. In fact, Jackie just celebrated her one-year post-transplant birthday this past weekend. Wow, that's exciting. How wonderful to have Barb here today to reflect on Jackie's journey and share her incredible journey as her caregiver. So grab a few minutes for you today, caregivers, and listen in. You'll be so glad you did. Thanks for being with us today, Barb. Thank you, Peggy. Let's get started with Jackie's diagnosis and story. Okay, as you said, Jackie's 67 years old, and she was diagnosed June 8th of 2019, a day we'll always remember. Um, My sister is single. She has two grown sons who work full-time. One lives in the area, and the other's approximately an hour and a half away. She also has three grandchildren, one in California, and the other two are approximately an hour and a half away. All the grandchildren are in college now, and I live approximately a half hour away from Jackie. And so we often did things together, and she would attend family dinners and celebrations with my family. Also, we have five siblings in my family. I'm the middle child, (laughs) and I am almost four years younger than Jackie. And I had retired in 2016 to take care of our mother while she was ill. Jackie was still working full time, and I have two brothers, one who's older and one's younger. They live out of state, and our younger sister also lives out of state. And I've also been Jackie's emergency contact for a number of years. We did see that Jackie was diagnosed fairly quickly. Her yearly physical, which was in May of 2019, included blood work from her doctor, and she was slightly concerned, so what they thought could be cold, flu, she wanted her blood work redone. Early June, the numbers were very high. I'm pretty sure it was the white blood count, and the doctor had the next day the blood work repeated. The numbers increased again, and the doctor called her and told her to go directly to the hospital. She called me, and I drove her to the hospital, which started our journey. Jackie was diagnosed with pH-positive C-cell ALL and began her treatment immediately. Fortunately, she was able to receive her stem cell treatment, or transplant, I'm sorry, on Friday, September 27, 2019. So she only had three rounds of chemo prior to the donor because the donor was found so quickly. Unfortunately, all four of us siblings were tested and none of us were a match. Jackie was in and out of the hospital quite frequently, and the nursing staff and the doctors knew me very well. Unfortunately, Jackie did have a few issues after her stem cell transplant and was in the hospital often through February of 2020. Each time a nurse would see me, they would say, is she back again? (laughs) We loved the staff, which included nurses, aides, housekeeping, even the meal delivery personnel, the doctors, PAs, everyone knew us. They would see me and they would know Jackie was back. I think now Jackie, though, has rounded the corner and has celebrated her first year birthday on Sunday, 
September 27th. Her counts are mostly normal now. And we still go to doctor visits. And I don't take a notebook, which you'll hear about later. She did have a few months of online visits, but now we're glad because she's back with her in-person visits. Very good. Okay, so now we're going to get to the part about being a caregiver to a sibling. Tell us about that, Barb. I became the contact and information person for our family and friends. I arrived at the hospital each morning before the doctors. I was usually there around 7 o'clock and most often stayed until after she ate dinner. I had my notepad with me that listed all the doctor info for the day, along with whatever chemo or medication she received, and most importantly, all her vitals, which included her weight. Each day I listed anything else I felt may have been important, also concerns of Jackie's. My notepad was a lifesaver for me, and I referred to it often. I checked it today, and the last entry was day plus 127, which was 127 days after her transplant. I recorded info from both hospital and doctor visits, and as I reviewed my notebook for this discussion, I saw info from Jackie's granddaughter and my younger sister, and even an entry from Jackie. So one day, a doctor arrived after I left, so Jackie knew it was important to record information, which she did. So I'm really glad that I had that tool. That's great. Yes, I often research medications and chemo drugs, so I would know if any reactions seemed normal. Jackie didn't want to read about the drugs or didn't want to know any of the side effects. So my younger sister and I read all we could. And so we were kind of paying attention to, did this seem normal? Some of the challenges I had was becoming a nurse. I had, many years ago, gone to school to become a nurse. I dropped out after my first semester because I could not give an injection. Just putting a needle in someone was not my thing. Jackie and my mom are nurses, so it was just something I thought I would be doing. But I did learn how to flush Jackie's pick line and also her trifusion catheter. I learned how to begin IVs that she needed at home. And since Jackie was a nurse, she was a wonderful help. And eventually, she took care of her trifusion catheter flushing herself. The pick line, unfortunately, while she had that in early before transplant, was too difficult for her because it was in her right arm and she needed two hands to flush it. So the nurses taught me everything I needed to know while I was in the hospital. I also learned more than I realized on chemo drugs, medication, their uses, and leukemia. I still don't like injections and would still turned my head every time they gave her an injection, unless it was going through the IV. And I can tell you, I do not like injections, but I did get a flu shot last year and this year. Everyone in the family was so proud of me because somebody put a needle in my arm. Good girl. <laughs> yes. We're very fortunate that Jackie didn't have very many issues at all with her chemo. She tolerated it very well. She did not have also any moments of wanting to be done with treatment, at least none that she expressed. Her main goal always was to get better. She did have some minor GVHD and unfortunately tested positive for CMV. And CMV has been one of her biggest issues, and that put her back in the hospital a few times, the last one in February of 2020. And finally, her last test that we just got back this past weekend Stated again, she was non-detected. We're hoping that CMV levels remain not detected, and then she'll be good to go, hopefully no more CMV. Good. Her other issues were had mostly been not eating, drinking, or moving enough. 
But now she's gotten her strength back, she walks regularly, and she's gained most of her weight back. And since I had seen Jackie on a daily basis, I would notice all the minor changes in her, such as swelling when she got thrush, lack of eating, difficulty breathing. I was always an advocate when needed. And if I felt something was critical, I would make sure I mentioned it to the doctors. Very good, Barb. So I imagine with that big family of yours that you needed to figure out a way to keep everybody updated and communicated with. How did you handle that? At the beginning, I sent out daily text messages on health updates while we were in the hospital. And I had different groups. I had one for just her children, my brothers and sisters, friends of hers and coworkers, so that I would be able to create the text message with different detail in each one. Pretty much my siblings received the most information along with her children. And then family could always call me and we would talk. And our younger sister, Jeannie, would often FaceTime with me. That's good. That helps. All that communication definitely helps. So I got a feeling you've got some great tips for us, Barb. Let us know. What did you learn along the way and what would you like to share today? One of the best things that I had done was kept that daily logbook. I listed every vital that I could remember and the medications. I wrote down the names of the doctors, the PAs who came in, because at the beginning she was seeing both hematology and the BMT team from June through August. And I also listed items that I thought I needed to do for her in this daily log. So that was one thing that I feel is critically important. Since her stem cell donor was found so quickly, we had to verify which path we were on, whether she was getting more chemo or were we preparing for the stem cell transplant. Sometimes we were getting alternative information. And hematology would often list the chemo and appointments for a few months out, not realizing that the stem cell donor was found so quickly. So we had to be prepared to switch appointments when needed. One of the things we did notice, and I'm not sure if this is all hospitals, but her, any of her hospital records, like from a MyChart, were not available while she was in the hospital. So we would make sure we got her blood and test results um, on a daily basis, which I kept in the logbook, so that we could go back and review them if needed to see if numbers were going up or down. We also worked with the hospital social workers to utilize whatever organizations or drug programs were out there. And she received plenty of information from different organizations. We did have the clinical trial nurses came to see if we qualified, but unfortunately she was pH positive and the trial that, that was currently going on was only for pH negative. So she was not able to participate in the trial, which she had wanted to do. We also found what tastes good one day or during one meal may not taste good another day or another meal. I would often bring tea or drinks for her or different food, and we'd bring a couple-day supply. Well, after the first day, she didn't want it any longer. So we did end up redoing a lot of food. Uh, during her long hospital stays, we also made sure we brought her pillow and different snacks for her. We had to realize that it was important to be very flexible. Things were always changing. I have a great husband he increased the babysitting for our school-age grandchildren who live near here. And both he and I sometimes would change a different appointments to accommodate Jackie's schedule. 
As a caregiver, I attended her pre-transplant meetings to understand the process. We also had a post-transplant meeting a few days before the discharge. Very similar information, but the post was a little bit more detailed, and they really stressed items like what types of foods and drinks you can and cannot eat, having house plants in the house, when you can have animals, when you can drive, etc. And that was real important, and we did review those packets quite frequently, which I still have. After discharge, we did go to the clinic twice a week, so very frequent uh, doctor appointments, and they were quite long, but they were important to go, and that's when I also kept track of all the information. And then eventually they went down to once a week, and now they are bi-weekly. So we're getting to the end, hopefully. <laughs> sure are. You put the time in. Okay, so Barb, Jackie was a patient during COVID-19, right in the middle of it all. I'm sure it was challenging. Was there anything about being a caregiver during a pandemic that you might want to mention? Um, our family was very, very cautious from the very beginning of COVID-19 and even before. Since COVID, we have not really gone to many places other than grocery stores, and we always were able to go during the senior hours. A few of Jack's doctor visits were online, but now we're back to in-person visits. So mask and temperature checks are part of our normal routine for any doctor visit. For Jackie and me, many things have not been very different from what we were doing. She always wore a mask, and if I took her out, it was always during less busy times of the day. We did recently venture out for a few drives and only ate at outdoor restaurants. And just to let you know how concerned everyone was, when her granddaughter visited from California during the summer of 2019, she even wore a mask when she came to visit Jackie because she had a scratchiness in her throat. So she was concerned even back then. So we've always been very cautious with paying attention to Jackie and anything that we could give her as a illness. That's so wonderful to hear. And I know that, you know, our patients and caregivers, you guys are already pros at this. You've been doing this for a long time and we could all certainly learn from you. What about your self-care, Barb? It sounds like you were very busy. Any advice for our caregivers on self-care? One of the things I didn't do enough of in the very beginning was taking care of myself. I did have some babysitting commitments with my son who lives out of state that I couldn't change. So when I did have to leave and go out of town, our younger sister would come in and help cover. My older brother and his wife also came a few times. And Jackie had some friends when she was not in hospital who would take her to appointments if I wasn't available. And Jackie's sons and granddaughter also came and helped out a few times. That's nice to hear. Yes. And I thought another thing that I did not do very well was, you know, that old college saying freshman 15. <laughs> I didn't eat or exercise very well for the past 15 months, and now it shows. So I realized my health is important, and so now I'm starting to try to get back to where I was pre-illness with Jackie. That is such a great point, Barb, you know, about just realizing now it's time for you again. You did such a wonderful thing for your sister, but you can't disregard how important your own health is. Okay, let's talk about post-transplant. How do you insert yourself into Jackie's life as a caregiver while she's home now? Well, because Jackie lived alone, I had to spend a lot of time with her each time she was discharged from the hospital. And there's concerns about falls since the patient is still fairly weak. And most of the time it was just a night or two, and I lived close enough that I could leave her for a short time during the day. But after her stem cell transplant, someone's supposed to stay with her 
24-7 for the first two weeks. For the first week, a friend or her son would come over a few hours every day so I could go home or do grocery shopping. And as I could see she was progressing, I could leave her for a little bit longer periods during the day. And we left her alone, probably more than we were supposed to, but we left her alone. And I know she did not need or want me around 24-7. She had lived by herself for so many years. But what I did find is when I stayed at her house or in the hospital, I wasn't just a person she needed to visit with. So she could go to sleep or just ignore me, and that was okay. And I didn't have a problem with it because then I could sleep or ignore her. Um, <laughs> but when a friend came to visit, she often felt that she had to stay awake and visit. So it wasn't that she didn't want friends coming so I could leave. They could come and visit, but she felt that she always had to stay awake for them, which was a little bit different. So we dropped the friends coming over so I could leave, and we kind of just left her alone after a short time. And then she was able to take care of herself and didn't feel that she had to always entertain people. That's a great point. And having that nursing background, I'm sure that didn't hurt either for her uh, to be a little bit more aware, you know, maybe when she was in the weeds or something. Okay, so we know that patients and families are inundated with sources of info through Google, etc. How did you guys navigate this? We found that if you do read information on specific types of cancer and treatments, to watch your source. There's many, many sources out there. So we really only tried to read articles from the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the American Red Cross, and other what we called org sites instead of just like a .com. And we felt we were getting more journeyed type information. Very true. So tell us about life today. What about the Game on Cancer 5K event? I want to hear about this. Yeah. Game on Cancer is a fundraising event through Henry Ford Hospital. And we were fortunate that Game on Cancer covered some of Jackie's oral medications. So to give back to and support Game on Cancer, I created a team last year for Henry Ford's Game on Cancer, and we participated in the 2019 Detroit Marathon, the 5K part. And it was a very nice event, and it brought the family together. Jackie, unfortunately, had just been released from the hospital from her stem cell, so she was not able to attend, but a friend stayed with her so that we could all go. My brother from Colorado came in with his wife, my sister and her husband down in Southern Virginia came up. My brother and his wife from Ohio were there, plus a few friends. So it was a nice event, and this showed Jackie. It was a wonderful way to show Jackie our love and support. Well, it sure was. Good for you guys. So I know we talked about your other siblings. It sounds like it really was all hands on deck with you, of course, steering the ship. Anything else you want to add about having all these siblings and their role for Jackie? Yeah, the Game on Cancer event, I will say, just brought everybody back to Michigan, even though some of my brothers and uh, sisters had come back off and on throughout the year before that. And Jackie and I are still the only ones living in Michigan. And our younger sister was my rock. We would talk almost on a daily basis, and she would listen if I was not feeling great because Jackie wasn't eating or drinking or walking or doing other things that I felt would help her recover quicker. She also drove up many times and helped out. 
my younger brother would check on me to make sure that I was taking care of myself since it was too far for him to come very often. But he did come home from Colorado and participated in the Game on Cancer event. And our older brother and his wife would come up and help when we needed. We're a very close family, and it showed how close we all were during this experience. It sure sounds like it. It's so nice that you guys all had each other. And you kind of remind us that you don't have to all live in the same state to show your support. Just even getting a text from someone, letting them know you're thinking of them goes a long ways. And that's nice that you had your siblings to look out for you as you were looking out for Jackie. Thank you. This has been terrific, Barb. Thank you so much for sharing so many great tips and all your thoughts on being uh, your sister's caregiver. I think we can probably wrap it up unless there's anything else you want to add at this time. No, I would just like to thank the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link for giving me this opportunity to speak with you today. Well, we appreciate your time and your expertise as a caregiver. And we wish Jackie and everyone in your family all the best. Thank you. This has been the Marrow Masters Podcast. Feel free to share this episode via text, email, or social media. To hear more, subscribe for free to Marrow Masters in your favorite podcast app. To learn more about the resources available to both patients and caregivers, check out the National Bone Marrow Transplant link at nbmtlink.org. That's nbmtlink.org, or just follow the link in our show notes.